0: all right what is going on everybody welcome back to Saber Sims dfs office hours it is wednesday july 6th of 2022 thanks for tuning into the show here today if this is your first time you've watched or listened to Saber Sims office hours my name is jordan i'm the head coach here uh and This is an open Q&A style show where I answer questions from the SaberSim community about how to use our tools to build better DFS lineups. So the questions you guys ask here on the show, drive the conversation, drive what we talk about here every single day. If you would like me to answer one of your questions for this show, there's a few ways you can get it to me. You can email us at support at sabersim.com. You can post your questions in the Office Hours channel in Slack for which there is a link to join that Slack community in the description of all past shows. And of course, for the crew watching and listening to me here along live. You can always post your questions live in the YouTube chat here. Uh, Hope your early slate MLB lineups are off to a decent start. It looks like uh, Shane Bieber here uh, is having a little bit of trouble Gets the Tigers here today. Uh, So we'll see how that continues to shake out. I'm a little under on Bieber here, a little closer to matching the field with with Corbin Burns. Um, Definitely one of those two two ace small slates uh, today here. So always interesting to see how the game theory works out there. But uh, we have one question in our queue to start the show here today. It is about uh, building lineups together versus separately, um, especially in the context of our DFS profit plan where we group these contests into uh, diversifiers and elevators into different categories there. So we'll get into that there, but if you have questions for me, uh, fire away and fire away at me soon here because we just have the one question in the queue here for today. uh, And I think we will get to it. I think we will get through it rather uh, pretty quickly here. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, we'll get the app pulled up. We'll get things started here. Um, and there were two questions here that were that were pretty similar. So um, we'll kind of talk about them at the same time a little bit here, but it starts with this question from uh, Optimix here. And uh, he said, in using the new DFS profit plan when building lineups, should we build elevators and diversifiers separately or in all one build. Uh yeah, so I mean, you know, even just kind of broadly speaking summarizing here, uh should you build your lineups together, all together in one con- all together in one build or group your lineup separately by different contests, right? Um, and what Optimix is really referencing here, and I think I should quickly show it off just for those of you that maybe don't know what we're talking about here, uh, is our DFS profit plan, which is our new contest selection principles. Uh, you can find that video on our YouTube channel here um, at the bottom, Mastering Saber Sims tools and Optimizer here, start winning more with our DFS profit plan, summarizes the general principles. But one of the key points of this here is uh, is that we separate out soft, contests with high roi but also high variance like single entries and three maxes uh which with contests that are going to be a little bit tougher to beat um multi-entry contests but ones where you can get a lot of unique lineups in play and uh lower your variance, right? That's kind of the fundamental, one of the fundamental theories of the profit plan here. Um, And the, the question really is, should we build all of those together or separate? And first of all, one thing with the DFS profit plan, one key component here is to use a unique lineup into every entry. And if you are sticking to that rigorously here, it is going to lead you in the direction of building everything together all in one build. Because if you build one build with single entries and three maxes and all of your elevators there, and then another build with all of your diversifiers in a different build, uh, it's not necessarily a guarantee that you'll get a unique lineup into every single contest. You could have a lineup that's shared between those two builds and then ends up entered into one contest, one single entry, and also maybe one lineup in your mini max or something like that. But ultimately, I don't think the risk of that is actually very high. And I think the more interesting question here really is, what are you giving up by building all of your lineups together in terms of the sliders, right? You can see here, if we look at like our single entries, right, this would be kind of our elevator contests. Our sliders, as they are back tested at the moment here, indicate that this is the optimal strategy to build lineups for these kinds of contests. Whereas if you're playing the minimax, it's going to say that this kind of strategy is the optimal way to play these contests, right? Higher ownership, aid, higher sim precision. Now... At the moment, we are actually doing a, a research project right now to truly quantify, you know, what do you potentially give up by using sliders that are not optimized for that particular contest. I don't have data to back it up at the moment. Uh, and we want to get more Quantitative about those kinds of recommendations. So we're working on a project right now to one rebacktest the sliders and make sure that we're happy with where they're at, or to make some adjustments there based on um, you know our, our new contest simulation framework. But also to quantify what is actually what do you actually sacrifice if you play a single entry contest with 500 people in it, but you build a lineup at these settings. With all of this in mind, all of this together, I think there is. I think some of this is a little bit process dependent. That's going to depend on what does your individual process look like and where are the best opportunities to, to add value here. So I do think it is probably a pretty wise idea to group your elevators together and to do a build for elevators contests because you are going to see typically that they have quite a bit of different sliders. Now I would group elevators together because single entry and three maxes don't vary that much, right? There's not a lot of variance here between these. These are all pretty similar sliders and you can group your diversifiers together as well because these don't vary that much, right? There's, you can group these together, but I do think it's a a decent idea here to build your elevators in one build and build your diversifiers in the other and then combine them using the entry editor to make sure all your lineups end up in the right place. In the event that you have one maybe lineup that is common between those two builds i don't think that's really going to dramatically affect the the variance of your overall portfolio and i think you are going to get some additional extra value out of having built those at the optimal sliders for those settings. Now, the one exception to this, or, or one thing to keep in mind, is that if you do a lot of work to your exposures in the post-build process, you spend a lot of time editing player or stack exposures or dialing in your lineups after your lineups have been built, separating these out into two separate builds is going to effectively double the amount of time it takes for you to do your process. So that is a definitely a concern A concern here, excuse me. Something to think about. Um, You know, if you're spending 15 minutes at the end of one build here uh, to get all your exposures dialed in, you now have two builds to manage, right? You might have to do this twice. Uh, So that is that is something to think about. I don't think it's necessarily going to be true that for every person and for every process, it is worth the trade off of having slightly more optimized sliders for having two different builds to manage. Um, But I do think I'm expecting. I think to see, and this is kind of just a hypothesis here, but I'm expecting to see out of this research uh, that we do end up recommending more sticking to this correct sliders for the particular contest that you're building for, as opposed to grouping them all together. So I know kind of a mixed bag here. I'm giving kind of some, hopefully I'm not giving too much mixed signals here. I guess uh, if I were to summarize here, um, I think Separating the elevators and diversifiers together is a very clean split of two very different contest styles, and separating them into two different builds and building with the optimal sliders for those types of contests is going to give you better lineups for those individual contest mixes. With that said, you are, you are. In, in return for getting more optimized sliders, you are sacrificing two things. One, you are increasing the amount of time it's probably going to do to, t- to do your process because you're managing two different builds instead of one build. And second, it's possible that you may have a similar lineup or a duplicated lineup in between those two builds. Now, those lineups are going to different contests, so it's fine in that way, uh, but you, you may have one lineup or so in common. So um, let me know if that helps. Again, we are doing... We are doing a lot of work right now to answer this question in a more definitive way. Um, At the moment, I can kind of answer this question in somewhat of a qualitative way and explain at least the the different things that you might think about. Uh, But our hope is at the end of this current Behind the Sims project that we're doing, that we can kind of give more of a clear statement, you know, similar to one of the things that we discovered, for example, um, out of our contest selection research out of our DFS profit plan research is that there is basically a true hard cap at 5% of your total bankroll per night in your daily wager, right? Your your risk of ruin takes off exponentially if you exceed that value. And that has now been a very uh, strong quantitative number that we can point to and say, don't exceed that based on our research. Uh, That's what I'd like to have here at the end of this is basically be able to say, you know, this is what you actually, quantitatively, this is what you stand to lose if you're using the suboptimal sliders or using different sliders that aren't optimized for that exact contest, uh, so looking forward to to the results of our, our findings there. Um, let me real quickly here. I'm gonna I'm gonna just touch on this is another question from BBQ Nut here, um, and it's similar. So we'll touch on this here a little bit. Um, And uh, it says, I I had a similar question. I was wondering if I could do three separate builds, one for 150 maxes, one for 20 maxes, one for three max and one for single entry. Uh, More time consuming, uh, but given the opto has specific settings for different contests, I would think it makes sense to do this way the time permits. Uh, The fill entries button makes it relatively easy to target your specific builds to the type of contest within the slate. Yeah, so this question's really like, how granular should you get with breaking up into different builds here? Uh, and for this, I, I I would not go more granular than splitting up elevators and diversifiers. There's basically going to be almost no real difference between single entries and three maxes on on any slider settings. Uh, they're they're virtually identical. Those contests play strategically very similar. So all elevators can essentially be treated as one thing, I think. Um, And even diversifiers, right? Even amongst your your 150 maxes versus 20 maxes, you'll typically see maybe a very slight difference between 20 max and 150 max. But this, I think this is a very small difference. And I, I think you will increase the number of builds that you are having to manage and work with very quickly if you get this granular and get really no payoff out of it. So I do think there is some value to splitting up elevators and diversifiers running two different builds for those contests, but I don't know if I would go this far as breaking up into every type of entry limit build. So um, yeah, but but good question there. Um, and, and we'll keep it going here. Um, so this is a question from Jimmy here uh, looks like a long one from about, about counter-strike here. Uh, so I will do my best with this one. I am not a counter-strike expert, uh, but I will, uh, do the best I can to answer this one here. He said, pre-build is there a way in sim to get stacks of three players, but one of them must be in the captain spot. Uh, or do I just set a rule to stack three players together and then post build, go to the captain pool and then select who I want as a captain than the lineups. Would it be more efficient to just let Saverson build and then edit the team exposures instead under the team stacks? I assume this will take into account the best possible captain slash ownership, but still around a core of three team players. Could you example it out? And is this any way necessary for 20 lineups? Guess this goes for any sport. Uh Okay. So a lot to unpack here. Um, So talking about lineup construction in, in Counter-Strike. I mean, I I will say generically here, since you mentioned it, is this any way necessary? Because our lineups here are going to basically be built from single. Oh, excuse me. One second. My throat's drying up on me here. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Because our the lineup because this is kind of the generic answer to do I need to create rules? Do I need to create groups that I I often give with most of these questions here because we are building from single simulations of each game on the slate here and this would be true of everything. In terms of do you need to do this? Generically I would probably say no because since since each lineup is is optimized from a single simulation it it is it has its, it is optimal for a way that the slate could play out. So in other words, the lineup constructions where you are getting a captain and then same team, two other players on that particular stack are going to show up in your lineups when you finish building at the rate at which those constructions are optimal in your lineups anyway. And that's kind of a generic that's somewhat somewhat of a generic answer that I give for a lot of different sports when I get questions like this. Like, do I need to create these groups? Do I need to create these rules? Now, there is value to be added if you think that maybe the Sims are undervaluing a particular lineup construction or something like that. And if you are familiar with the sport, right? There are times in baseball, which is a sport that I'm a little bit more comfortable with, that you know, the Sims will say, Hey, a 3-3-2 stack is actually viable on tonight's slate. And I say, That's fine, but it's a 14-game slate, and I would prefer to just play f- five-threes and four-fours or something like that, right? And I think that adds value. I think even though the Sims are saying that's viable, I can make some adjustments there. Um, I can't speak as well to counter-strike strategy to say whether or not this is definitively a a good idea consistently or not. Um, But assuming that you wanted to do it here, um, what I would probably do is at least just start with a stack rule and just say at least three players from the same team, right? So that you at least have that, that... that backing there of, you know, every single, every single lineup is going to have three players from the same team. Uh, and then we can build lineups here and let's do 20 max since you specified that and then do a little bit of cleanup here on the the back backend um, is how I would probably handle this and look specifically to see if you're getting any lineups where you have a captain that isn't paired with a stack. Um, and it should be pretty easy to do that. There's probably a few different ways to do that. Um, but let's take a look here. Okay, um, so we're getting a lot of different captains here. So what I would probably do is let's adjust some projections so we can actually see these lineups here. Um, okay, so again, I think most of the time, this is probably just going to work, but I think the easiest thing to do would probably be to just do a quick check using the filters so we can check lineups where we have, actually, that's probably not the easiest way to do that. Honestly, now that I'm thinking about this, I think what I would do is probably just spot check them uh, and make sure. So we have a a T stack here with two other players from T same deal here. Um, same deal here. In this case we have, I assume that's vitality. Um, we have a, a, a a VIT stack with no extra players there. You could just uncheck that, right? Same deal here. We're missing other a players. The big stack looks good. Uncheck this one. This one looks good. And so on, and I would go this, probably this direction here, since you're only playing 20 lineups, and just eliminate the lineups that aren't giving you what you are looking for here. And that looks good. This one does not. And this one does not. And you can almost kind of see a trend here, where it looks like, you know, Zaiwu. Uh, for Vitality makes a lot of sense as a lone captain and gets like basically put into lineups where he's essentially a one-off and these other teams are stacked, which to me makes me think that maybe this particular strategy is missing a little bit of the slate nuance that makes sense for this slate, right? Maybe that construction does actually make some more sense for this slate than than is being given credit. Um, and then we can go in here and basically add in the other remaining lineups until we get what we're looking for here. So I would basically look specifically for lineups that give you the construction that you want here. Um, so there would be that one and this one and and so on. Um, I'm gonna just fill here. If you had more than 20, this is going to get pretty tedious. So at that point, I would probably like, let's say you were playing instead, let's do a quick 150 build, right? Um, and let's say you're playing 150 lineups and you don't have time to look through and make sure every single lineup is a captain paired with two other players from his team. Um, instead I would just make bulk adjustments to the pool and I'll show you how I would do that here. Okay. So in this case, you know, it is, it is going to take a little bit of time here to do this. Uh, but what I would basically want to do is, you know, check on a lineup that had a captain, and then make sure and remove any lineups that don't have a stack of the team that that captain plays on. And we can just trash these lineups here like that. And then we'll fill to 150 and go through this way and check and trash those lineups. And you may wanna start here with a big pool of 1500 lineups to make sure uh, that you are getting the um, to make sure that you have enough lineups in your pool to do this. As we're talking this through, the one other thing that I was thinking might work here pretty well. Um, we don't have correlations for these guys. I wonder if turning up the correlation slider, this is something I might have to follow up on, but I'm wondering if turning up the correlation slider uh, would have the impact that we're looking for here, because I think it probably would. So let's try this too as well. I was thinking, you know, if you turn up the correlation slider, it's probably going to incentivize the builder to give you more captain plus 2 flex stacks more here. So, let's see. Let's see what this looks like here. But, we'll give this a second to build. I just want to see if this does a better job of making sure that our captains are actually paired with two flexes here in general. Um we are something on our roadmap to build out here is uh, basically a conditional groups kind of dashboard or something like that, um, which would allow you to basically say, you know, if Zywu is the captain used in this lineup, then you have to have two other players from from Vitality here. And I hope that it really is Vitality here. I'm going to... Um, sound like an idiot up here, but I I think it is. But basically we're planning on building that out, right? So you could say, if this player is used in this spot, then follow this rule. At the moment, there's just not a very easy way to do that in the app. So things like this, where you're basically, this is basically describing a conditional rule. uh, They can be kind of tough to fit in. Um, So it can be a little bit tricky, but I think some for 20 lineups, I do think some combination of using the filters like I just showed uh, to spot check and remove lineups that don't fit and also to just bulk delete lineups from your pool can be a pretty good way to do it. Um, and I would I would maybe, you know, have a kind of a targeted approach there instead of trying to come up with a blanket rule, maybe look for, for specific, uh, you know, players that you, you maybe for one reason or another particularly don't want as one-offs in your captain spot. Um, but it does look like this. So, okay, so it does look like this did have an impact. So I think our correlations are just not showing up right now, which I'll look into that. Like the correlation should be showing up here, but they are, I believe, working in the builder. So that's probably actually the best way to do this. Um, kind of wrapping around to that. Sometimes we have to Sometimes we have to try a couple things on this stream before we figure out the best approach. I think now, I mean, the exception here is now you're getting 100% three three stacks. Um, because the correlation is so high. But I do think even just turning up correlation a little bit, combined with the stacking rule, saying at least three players from the same team, is probably going to very consistently give you the stacks that you're looking for. So I guess to summarize here, some combination of turning up the correlation slider, spot checking your lineups and just removing lineups from the pool that don't fit, and using the bulk filter rule to just like bulk trash a bunch of lineups at once that don't fit what you're trying to do, I think should be a pretty good approach here for this for this particular question here. So, and and remember too, that, you know, I think it is an important point that there can be value added in terms of making better lineup constructions than the sims are giving you by default, but the sims understand the slate context and heuristics do not. So you should be aware of situations where maybe a uh, lineup construction is more viable than, than a heuristic implies because of the context of a slate, um, so. Anyway, um, good question. I hope that that kind of helped. Happy to, to dive back into that a little bit further. Again, I Counter Strike is just is is not my area of expertise, so I can speak to this a little bit in general um, and give some general advice and give some saber some advice here. Uh, but I'm not sh- necessarily sure strategically uh, what the the best answer is here. Um, Will might be a better person to to answer that question as well. So, um, but for now, let's go ahead and. Keep it rolling here. Um, And uh, jump into some of these questions in the YouTube chat. Um, Patrick said, thanks for uploading simulations for NBA Summer League. How do we compile projections and ownership? So uh, I believe here... Oops. um, So I believe we have... um, Hang on. My, My big monitor's... Video. oh there it is okay. okay so I believe we may have the slates up but we do not have sims up yes so that is correct. So we have we have the slates up. Um, we will not have simulations up for for NBA Summer League so I I don't know exactly where you can find uh, projections and ownership. I will say that we have partnerships with run pure sports with true DFS um, with DFS Karma, uh, and it's possible that some of those sites have summer league projections. I'm not sure if I've seen them. Um, I, if you have projections for these sports, you can upload them using our custom projection upload, and then use Saversim to build your lineups. Um, but we will not have simulations or projections for for summer league. Uh, basically, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing I think when it comes to being successful playing summer league DFS is having the accurate starting lineups. Sometimes which come out minutes like 1 or 2 minutes before the game actually starts um which makes honestly sourcing projections from almost anywhere very difficult because you are reliant on them um giving you information within just a couple seconds of news coming out honestly if you want to if you want to jam on some some NBA summer league I think I think there's a couple things you could do I think one thing that would be interesting is you know experimenting and and seeing If you could come up with a rudimentary projection model yourself, um, even just based on like some historical fantasy points per minute and minute projections, with while staying super tuned into the starting lineups when they come out and then basically just build as you go. When 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 there's not a lot of time to adjust when information comes out, the one thing you got to remember is there's not a lot of time for anybody to adjust, right? So when a starting lineup comes out for a summer league game, Two minutes before the game starts everybody has the same amount of time to make that adjustment so if you've got a really basic projection model um that you can work with i think that can I, can I think that can be decent honestly another thing you could do here is and and i don't know if this would actually be profitable so full disclaimer here i don't know if this would actually work but based on my experience in summer league if you even just went with the the salary projections right so you can set you can set player projections to a basically a multiplier of their salary in sabersim and then build lineups with these. I actually think if you basically started with this as a baseline and then paid attention to the starting lineups as soon as they came out and adjusted accordingly, just just even with this baseline, you might actually have something that like resembles a playable a, a, a playable lineup just because you'll have the starting lineups that are correct. Um but I would not I would not go ham on that and start investing chunks of your bankroll. Um, So anyway, all of this to say, we won't have sims. Frankly, I don't even know how viable it is to get projections from a third party source because of how late starting lineups come out. And I think if you come up with a way to build a basic projection model or some very simple way of projecting teams and then adjust instantly, uh, as soon as starting lineups come out, I think you could actually have a a pretty decent summer league process. Um, But uh, you'll have to be quick, quick on the trigger there. So um, Okay, cool. so a little follow- up here. So Jimmy said, thanks, Jordan, for 20 max. I used to write out how many lines I want for each team until I get to 20, uh, five vitality, three big, so on, and so forth. and then you SaberSim to select my captain's lineups. I think you might be right by being more efficient by trashing the lineups. Yeah, that might be the way to go. Um, I think, honestly, I really think turning up the correlation slider just a tad is probably going to be the fastest way to get the constructions that you want a little bit quicker here. Um, if correlations in Counter-Strike are as high as they are in League of Legends, which I would expect that they probably are, even turning up the correlation to one or two is probably going to have a huge impact on your builds um, just because the, the correlations are are massive. They're like, I mean, in League, you can get correlations of like 0.6 to 0.9, Um which which are just really really high correlation. So even a small correlation slider has a huge impact. So I would say turning up the correlation slider a tad and then then I would probably build yourself a pool of like 1500 lineups from which to work with and then trash lineups from there accordingly basically. So you would have, you know, only 20 um and you could go through and and basically just even just make sure, you know, that they're they're working out. But you can see here, right? Like I think the correlation slider is going to help a lot. But it's just going to depend. And you might have to do some testing on your own to figure out where that sweet spot is. Because I think on this build here with correlation down at two, we're not getting as many of those kinds of stacks that you're looking for here. So, but hopefully that gives you kind of at least a toolkit to get a little bit closer here. And we do want to build out that conditional rules dashboard that would basically allow you to just set the rule. Don't use blame F without without at least two other players in the lineup. Um, I wonder here, I, I'm gonna just try something here. This is just a thought that popped into my head here. I think this is gonna break. Yeah, it does. Okay, that didn't work. So, but hopefully that at least kind of gives you a, 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 a few options there of what you can do, so. And what other questions do we have here today? That is all we've got, at least so far here. Um, any other questions for me on today's stream? Let's go take a look and see how things are looking on the uh, the early slate here. Um, Cool. Let's see. What do we have going on? Looks like Detroit and Cleveland still probably, still probably the play. Bieber's pulled it together a little bit. So we'll see what happens here as we go along. Uh, Patrick said, does strategy change when a Counter-Strike slate becomes a best of one series? I noticed not all slates is best of three. Um, yeah, again, I mean, I, I can't speak heavily from experience here, but w- what I would say uh, is that just, I mean, across all sports, right? This is just true in general, is that as the size of the sample of the series goes down, the variance is going to go up, right? Uh, the likelihood of an underdog beating uh, the favorite in a... Uh, best of one is much higher than a best of three, right? I mean, this it's it's really even just kind of like a, a sample size thing. If they played 100 games, the results of that series would get closer and closer to the the mean, the true outcome of, of what's likely to happen there. So um, I would say, you know, again, this is kind of more of an intuitive answer than an answer that I can back up with my own experience playing this particular sport just because I haven't played it that much. But I would say in smaller series, I would be more willing to embrace variance. I would be more willing to take more aggressive fades um, of higher-owned teams. I would probably be a little bit more willing to play some underdogs, uh, just because in in it's going to be harder for an underdog to upset a favorite in a three-game series uh, than a than a one-game series. And of course, you know, with that, the simulations are going to take into account how many games are on that particular slate. So, in some ways, this is going to naturally be captured in the simulations, but strategically, um, I would be more willing to, to, uh, to do that. So, but good question. I'm trying to think if there's any other implications that really come to mind there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would also say, you know, like all All averages are probably going to condense a little bit more as the size of the slate gets bigger. So I would say, or not the size of the slate, but the size of the series gets bigger, right? I would probably want to play even more correlated lineups in a best of three. Um, I would probably want to play, I would probably be willing to play less correlated lineups in a best of one or a slate where all the games were best of one, um, just because you have so much more volatility there in, in what can actually happen. So, but... Uh, Jimmy says, Jordan, for MLB, is there any positive correlation with the stack regarding players plus plus the pitcher, uh, or should the five stack be just the players? Wonder if it's a way to get different. Um, There can be a little bit of correlation there um, in basically in two ways. One, uh, you know, the the win bonus for the pitcher, right? So we have the pitcher has a probability here. Let me see if I can scroll over uh, of scoring their win bonus. Right. So that's what this column refers to here average projected wins. Um, and I think on DraftKings, that's four points, if I remember correctly. Right. And the pitcher needs, well, why did this get all? Oh, I see. Um, the pitcher needs their hitters to at least produce somewhat to, to get a win. And I guess actually a better way of looking at it is that, you know, if the hitters all go off, that cr- increases the likelihood of that pitcher getting the win. Um, there is also for away teams here, there's typically a little bit of correlation between the pitcher and the batters, because if the batters perform well, the, or if the, the, the team is winning, I guess, going in, um, wait, I'm getting confused in my head. You get an extra half inning of opportunity here. Uh, if the hitters are winning the game, why am I so confused by this right now? I think, do you get what I'm, I think, I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Um, let me, hold on. Let me double check this here. I feel like I'm getting confused in my head here. Um, um. Okay, wait. So it's the, it's, so the home team bats in the bottom of the ninth. So if the only, if, if the away team is winning the game, so the okay, so that's that's why. So it's almost the other direction here. If the I'm massively confused in my head now by this, uh, but there is a little bit of positive correlation, and I'll have to think about this and maybe I'll uh, post in the the channel here once I get my head turned on the right way here. But there is a little bit of positive correlation between uh, the away team hitters and pitcher because it can create that extra ninth inning opportunity to hit. Um, and I'm sure I'm butchering this right now. I just can't, for some reason, my brain is not thinking about this correctly. So there is a little bit of soft correlation there. It is taken into account here in the simulations uh, for both of those reasons here. You'll typically see this again. It will be a little bit more for the away team pitchers. Um, it's also a little bit more from the, from worse pitchers, right? For pitchers that are lower overall projected, uh, the win score, Right has a bigger impact on that individual hitter's projection. So if you're looking for pitchers here, right? Like, uh, let's see. So Josiah Gray, for example, is going to be more positively correlated with Nationals bats uh, than Aaron Nola with, with Philly's bats. Um, so there's a little bit of correlation there. It's taken into account in the builder. I don't typically do anything more or less to account for it. Um, it's not anything that I I like target or avoid for any reason um, if I get to pitcher plus hitter stacks great if I don't great um, so um <laughs> gamble, gamble said man's got that good Colorado smoke for some reason this particular thing always confuses me Like I, it makes sense in my head and I have a hard time articulating it. So I will look after we hop off the stream here today and make sure that I have a better way of thinking about this for the next time this comes up, because this has happened before where we get, I get questions about this uh, (laughs) and I, I freeze up, man. I get nervous and I can't, I can't exactly think about the way to articulate it for some reason. Um, But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know what's going on. HC said, Jordan, do you fill your single entry contest by saber score ranked or unique? Um, I have pretty much just started using purely the unique random fill, mostly since the DFS. Oh, man, I'm all messed up today, man. I'm all messed up. Hold on. Man, throat is drying up. Don't know what's going on here today. Uh, I've been typically just using purely the unique random fill um, since the DFS profit plan video came out. Oh God, man, chat is killing me here. Um, Since the DFS profit plan came out, right? Core tenant of that profit plan, unique lineup in every entry. So that's what I've been doing. So um, that's what I'd recommend most people do too. I think, I think there's up until you're maybe playing three or four hundred unique entries. I don't think there's a good reason to really start aggressively doubling down on your entries that you're already playing, which is what the rank fill does. So, all right, hit me with some more questions. I got to drink some more water. My throat is is killing me here. What else do we have for today? I feel a little bit better now. Whew, I don't know what happened. Any other questions for me here on today's stream? Eamon <laughs> says, best office hours ever. Man, I'm just all messed up. I don't know what's going on. So I will tell you that the uh, the air conditioner in the office that I'm currently working at is, is down and uh, it's a little warm in here today. So I think that's uh, I think that's causing causing some of this here. A little too hot. My brain can't think. My my mouth's drying up. Patrick said, "Drink a beer. That will clear a throat." Yeah, it probably would. That probably would. Jimmy said, "What the hell happened to all the pitchers on last night's slate? I was under on Kikuchi and Luis Garcia, and still had a bad slate. I was kind of bummed about that." I was like, I'm not playing these guys. I'm not playing Luis Garcia at 45% owned. And I'm not playing Kikuchi at 35% owned, especially given their prices. And I just didn't have enough Philly stacks to get it done. I had a lot of Rays. Um, I had a lot of Astros, but no Philly stacks. And you you absolutely needed Philly stacks. So, but I don't know. That's the way it goes sometimes. All right. Any other questions for me here today? One other thing before we jump off, I'll mention for everybody, uh, is that before the end of the day today, I should have a new video up on the YouTube channel um, about late swapping in MLB. Um, Obviously not as big of a part of the overall strategy as it is in a sport like NBA, but you have to do it. You can't not late swap. Uh, So... Putting out a video about the best ways, I think, to think about late swap, uh, especially, you know, in particular, I think one of the big things is understanding the impact of different types of news and then making the right decision based on, you know, whether it's a key player, whether Mike Trout is out of the Angels lineup, uh, versus the, uh, eight hole hitter for the Pirates or something like that is, is a different player than expected how to handle those different situations in Saber Sim. Um, so look forward to that video coming out here. I should, should be able to get that out here before the end of the day. Um, I don't see any other questions coming in here today. Um, so I think we will go ahead and leave it there before I uh, get all choked up again on today's stream. Uh, I will be right back here again tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern again for another episode of Office Hours. Uh, I will go figure out exactly what I was trying to say about the pitcher correlations later and then drop a note in the Office Hours channel in Slack to just close the loop there. Uh, Appreciate everybody hanging out with me here on today's stream as we kind of uh, got through this one, I guess. Uh, Good luck in your early slate lineups. Good luck on the main slate tonight. And I think we'll go ahead and leave it there. In the meantime, good luck and see you later. Take care.